This is Joe from The Reengineered You, sitting in my new home in sunny Texas. We did a recording a couple of weeks ago, and it's all about the moral foundational differences between parties. Why we don't always see eye to eye, and why we may never actually see eye to eye. That was cut from the original episode, but in light of the January 6th hearing that's currently underway, we're going to go ahead and air that for you. So here is sort of a bonus episode of The Reengineered You, where Todd and I talk a little bit about morals and moral differences between the parties. To give people context, we've lost Republicans, like moderates. In 2006, our state was 36% Republican, which was enough to get people in local offices, especially if you were on the east part of Oregon. East Oregon is desert and farmland and like yeah and that's the thing our population is heavily in portland and the suburbs and we have a big landmass state so we're yeah. very blue in the city and we're very red when you get five miles anywhere out of the else city. yeah <laughs> i mean it's <laughs> and it's very extreme they're both radical both ways or extreme both ways i would say yeah well it, it used to be that we were better represented on both sides that in 2006, um, 36% of the state was Republican. Now it's like 24% uh, is Republican. So like a huge chunk of Republicans who were more moderate, like, like me, I have liberal sensibilities socially. I, I skew conservative with some financial issues. I vote based on issue. I got basically kicked out of the party from my debate club so did about 10% of everyone else. Like it's, it's not a, it, it's not just a minority. It's a small minority. It's, it's about 24%. The New York Times reports thousands of Republicans are leaving the GOP. State Senator Jim Hendren announces he's leaving the Republican Party. He blames political parties for encouraging people to shut their ears to different perspectives. I still believe in a government that is restrained, yet meets the needs of its people. I'm still a conservative. But I'm one whose values about decency, civility, and compassion I just don't see in my party anymore. Here's a fun one. Did you hear about the Republicans starting a movement to break off part of Oregon and become Greater Idaho? No. <laughs> oh boy, I never heard about that. Yeah. Okay, fun tangent. The Greater Idaho movement was started by East Oregon Republicans who were like, Nuts to being connected to Portland. Those liberal wackadoodles aren't, you know, representing us. So they want to split Oregon in half and basically take half of them with them to to Idaho and become part of that, you know, greater Republican state. <laughs> and there's, I've oh seen boy. maps where they want to take part of California too, but <laughs> I guess that's fine, right? <laughs> that sounds like a country, a country of Greater yeah, Idaho. Like, if you, that's what you want, like like, like someone leaving you a romantic one. Yeah, well, I want you to be happy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, enjoy your potatoes. It should be fine. Yeah. Do you sure they want you though? No. <laughs> we're gonna pretend just for fun. We're going to fix the parties. We're going to we're going to fix this great divide between, you know, our nation right now. But we want to start first by talking about morals. When you listen to um, our, our example was Bill Maher and Tucker Carlson. They are the 
the outrage figureheads for each side. You know, Bill Maher is a very, very liberal, um, extremely... I, I find him smarmy. He's, he's very... Um, I don't know what that word means. Explain condescending. That word oh, condescending. His, his tone is almost always condescending. I think he would admit that. If you drew a Venn diagram of insane and 21st century Republican, it would be a circle. <laughs> That's the way you are. You're always condescending. You're always a smart ass. No, I, I take notes from him. But <laughs> now he's, yeah he stirs the outrage of liberals toward what the Republicans have done morally. And same thing with Tucker Carlson. Their, their grounding arguments are often, don't these other people have morals? What's wrong with them? Like it's, yeah, it's, it's very, you know, shame on you kind of rhetoric. So when you say they're both equally bad, just know that doesn't make you a sage. It's a stupid person's idea of a smart thing to say. And we did an episode once about grudges, and we found out in that episode from, you know, uh, was it neuroscience and data and a couple of really good Wired articles that the addictive part of a grudge is imagining that the other side is going to have the come to Jesus moment. That at some point, somebody will look at their own morals and be like, oh my God, what have I been doing? I'm so sorry. You're right. Um, that's the fantasy. Enough's enough, right? Yeah. Um, so when Tucker Carlson says, what's wrong with you liberals? You're crumbling our, uh, you know, our, our structure. That's usually his argument is you're, you're tearing apart the Constitution, the foundation of the Republic, whatever. And then Bill Maher, on the other hand, his argument is oftentimes you're putting people in cages. You're doing something morally outrageous. What's wrong with you? The what's wrong with you argument is flawed. And this comes down to something called moral foundations. There's a lot of um, discussion about whether or not this is correct, that, that if, you know, maybe we don't have the same morals. I'm going to talk about a couple of moral foundations. And could you rate them for me? Like, I'm going to, there, there's five of them according to the study. Um, and this was brought up by a group of psychologists back in 2004. Um, I found it to be the best way I can, the, the best explanation I can find online for why we don't see eye to eye on a fundamental moral level. Okay. And I want to see how you and I match up, if that's okay, Todd. One to five, one to ten, what are we doing? Let's do one to five. That's a good number. Five being love it, one saying never. Exactly. Uh, yeah, one means you don't care that much about it. Five means it's very, very important. Um, okay, so first question. How important is uh, the question, is it harmful to others? A five. Okay, we'll put that down. Is it fair to others? Four. Okay. Does the authority support it? That's a two. Okay. <laughs> Is the loyalty of the group at stake? Two. Okay. Uh, is physical purity involved? Four. Four. Okay. Um, so to tell you how your score uh, rounds out, um, those are the five moral foundation rubrics. Um, according to the study, 
liberals land really, really, really heavy on two of those moral foundations. Is it harmful to others? Is it fair? And when I read this, I thought about all of Bill Maher's arguments. You know, people in cages, uh, you know, like uh, these people aren't getting due process. Almost all of his arguments land on one of those two foundations. Is it fair? Is it harmful to others? Um, and so then the cons- he's got a quick hack for all his material, his content. Yeah, he knows that his fans love that. They can eat it all day long. Yeah, this is something where if you are in uh, politics or if you write for like a show like Bill Maher, you're shaking your head right now. You're being like, these dopes are figuring this out from square one. <laughs> um, but conservative morality. So compare this to your numbers. Is it harmful to others? You scored that at five. Is it fair? You put it four. So those are pretty liberal thoughts. Like those, those are liberal moral foundations. Uh, conservative morality lands heavier on is it supported by an authority? Meaning does your party leader support it? Um, is the loyalty of the group at stake? You put that at a two. Um, that's another one where a Republican or a you know diehard conservative would put that higher. Is physical purity involved? You put it at four, and I know you put it at four because you have um, a lot of faith. Um, people who follow a faith or religion usually score physical purity a little bit higher. And that would be a conservative one. Yeah, it's a conservative one. The other two seem to me like sheep. Yeah. Like, oh, if, 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 if my, you know, I care who the president is, I care who the senator is because I'm following them. They're our leader. I'm like, well, says who? Yeah. You know, jeez. <laughs> That's where um, you and I get a little bit less conservative. If you're wondering why Todd and I are not political, it's because we land about half and half with these. Um, we are concerned if something is harmful or fair. We are concerned if you know something involves you know faith or purity. Um, I don't value. I value group loyalty in so much as it connects you socially. It it you know enriches your life. Um, But I don't give a damn if the leader of a party agrees with me or not. I will vote for somebody else. The way I see it, and I'm going to borrow a phrase that Dan Carlin brought up, um, if somebody is your political leader, they are your servant. You voted them in. You're paying them. You pay taxes, and taxes pay for what they're doing. Um, So they, they represent you. Uh, as he put it, you should be able to ask them, you know, doesn't matter if they're the president, you say, get me a glass of water and they should go get it. <laughs> um, these aren't royalty. You 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 know, these are representatives. Yeah, it's funny. We're, we're doing elections right now, local elections. And there's a right where I drive into work every day is a huge traffic jam every day. And there's one of the uh, governor candidate stands on this bridge every day just waving with his name it's him yeah <laughs> and you think would that make you vote for the guy yeah because <laughs> he's in the same traffic jam with me every day it's got guy's got a great smile handsome older guy <laughs> uh, that could get him elected you know what i'm saying though yeah like what just a sign that says vote can that's it and, and you write that down and you go do it doesn't make any sense to me no um, maybe it's just exposure. Maybe he's just going for like, if they recognize my name on the ballot. But I struggle with that, with what you exactly said, because my far left friends, and I have a lot of them, I live with one, you know, they're very negative toward and And my church going, gun toting people are great. Yeah. They're wonderful people, you know. <laughs> you would trust them with your life. 
you know so it's hard for me i, I love them both i think that they demonize the other and it's, it's, it's kind of sad uh todd and i both take the socrates approach to life which is talk to everybody until they tell you to shut up um and that includes both sides of the political spectrum um okay so i'm gonna get into this uh we're about to get canceled by the way um abortion came up last week as a huge huge issue because the the leak happened the um you know the supreme justices um draft got leaked when we talk about moral foundations um liberals look at abortion uh in fairness and whether or not it's doing harm is it you know fair to the mothers does it reduce harm to the mothers um, those are the two moral foundations they stand on. Conservatives, like th- there is crossover. Conservatives can be concerned with fairness and harm. Um, liberals can be concerned with purity and authority. Um, but it's just that one party picks that over the other. Conservatives argue that the mother isn't a lone actor in the decision. You know, um, there are arguments about you know physical purity where abortion is concerned, obviously, um, and those aren't necessarily shared as a moral foundation so when the two sides argue with each other when bill maher and tucker carlson target each other and say how dare you think of your morals what's wrong with you they're starting from a faulty assumption that the other person shares their morals they don't we we have crossover and like a venn diagram we have parts where we we can blend the colors of these morals but if your foundation is different, if you're a liberal and you're concerned with harm and fairness, and if you're a conservative and you care what the authority thinks and your group thinks and, and purity, you're not going to see eye to eye. You're, you're going to have to take it to the polls and vote. And I hate to be a jerk about this, but that's where all of this violence should have stayed. Don't pull a gun on somebody like a coward. Don't go through a group of people spraying paintballs and bear spray. Vote. Just go vote. <laughs> Um, okay. Um, I got that out of my system and I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're saying. I was up in Seattle and, um, when Obama got elected president the day after the election, I mean, they were still partying. There were still balloons up in the air at the, at the white house. There was a man protesting with this. He put up all these card tables at my grocery store and said, impeach Obama. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) You had all this time to vote. Yeah, <laughs> draw votes, but you're now this is your cause, and you're a day late. <laughs> yeah, it's it's over. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, the the stop the steal. It doesn't matter what side you're on. If you are out the day after election, you've already lost. Put your sign away. It's over. Yeah, impeach. Uh, go after Hillary's emails. Almost never in the history of America can you come in a month or two late and change anything in politics you have to be there before the change happens and you have to have a lot of money too and you have to have a lot of money and we're going to get into that pennsylvania state did a study that was published in the american journal of political science and they found out that um, researchers looked at the moral codes people were operating from uh, and they found out that people's ideologies predicted the answers to their moral foundation questionnaire so the questions i asked you todd you know what do you value do you you value purity do you value you know harm fairness whatever um they found out that 
people could quote morals. They could say that they are, you know, they, they value one thing or another. Evangelicals say that they value purity and, and group cohesion, family values. Um, but then in 2016, they vote for Donald Trump, somebody who has reportedly had extramarital affairs and has been recorded saying things that are counter to those. Probably not a devote Christian living values. Yeah. No, he, he himself um, uh, said on his own platform before he ever was elected that, um, you know, he he had extramarital affairs he, and he you know bragged about his sexual prowess. We're not going to get into the scandals because those all came after the election started. Before that, he, he would brag about how many women he had had sex with. Um, same thing with Democrats, the people who align themselves with the Me Too movement supported Bill Clinton, who was accused of inappropriate sex acts. Um, So this study pointed to me that when we shake our fingers at people morally in politics, we say, your leader is bad, look at his morals. Well, we bend our morals to the party we belong to. So More forgiving, too. Yeah, we (laughs) are. If it's our guy (laughs) or girl. (laughs) Um. So I'm going to quote one of the uh, researchers here. He says, this has implications I'm not super happy about, (laughs) which is for a scientist that is like shaking their head and putting their their hands over their eyes. Um, Politicians fight to convince voters that their vision for America is correct. And usually they do it with morals. But what if voters don't actually care? Like, Like, I think people are just picking their team and then slotting their morals and bending them into place. Um, unfortunately, they want to win. They want to be on a winning team. It's, it's not, that's yeah. Yeah, exactly. The suits more important than the character, the smile, the suit, the hair. Right now you may be listening to our voices and being like, who cares? Who cares if, to get my politician voted in, I bend a couple of my morals. I say, okay, you know, my my need for family values can fit Trump, or my need for um, supporting women can fit Bill Clinton. You know, so what if I vote for somebody who doesn't line up exactly? Well, our our system doesn't just encourage a la carte radical thinking; it it optimizes for it. So we're we're talking about. You know, where do we get to the point where we bend a moral to to elect somebody to the point where I'm in the Portland streets pulling a gun on two unarmed people from behind a, a parking garage? Um, that's where we get into fishing for negative emotions. So you've taken this moral test. We know where you morally stand. We tell you, you know, uh, we have a politician for you, Todd. They match up on most of what you said. One of your morals isn't going to fit. Deal with it. You're going to have to bend it. Um, and now that you've picked your team, now that you're on on team, you know, Home Depot, uh, we're going to need you to support them with everything you have in your being. You're going to need to be so on board with this person that doesn't quite match your morals uh, that you're willing to kill for them. Convert your friends. Convert everyone at work. Convert yeah. your family. And send us money. Yeah. Um, I already shared my tinfoil hat theory that Trump sending federal troops into a city that's known for protesting was fishing for a response. And my tinfoil hat theory that 
you know, um, everybody wants to feel like they're holding up a sword and charging into battle because they they seek this negative stimuli. They they want to feel morally outraged. Um, we learned in our grudges episode, it's an addictive emotion. Bill Maher and Tucker Carlson, they're addictive. They they hit that moral outrage button. It gives us, you know, it, it, it gives us the feeling that we are accomplishing something, that we are fighting for something in an otherwise fairly boring life. And it gets you, I, you know, I can just work myself up in that state right now thinking of getting mad at Joe about something that he believes in strongly. I can be like, how can he believe this? It's so wrong. He's such a good guy. He needs to stop this, you know? <laughs> right. He needs to see the light. I need to show it to him. And there's a reason why we're talking about this so much and why it's so important. Um, because if we don't understand or share moral foundations with the other party, then why would we ever reach across the aisle? Why would we ever vote for the same thing again? When you look at, you know, the Senate and Congress and it's always deadlocked, why would it ever not be? People are surprised that we don't pass any bills or get anything done. How can we get anything done if we don't see morally eye to eye? You know, what is the incentive to ever not vote for your own team, to not, to not support your, your, your sports team, to say it that way? Have we talked about on this podcast about how venting your anger isn't actually venting? Like it doesn't, it doesn't make you feel better? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, though. Have, have you ever... It doesn't make you feel better, too, when someone has it worse than you. That doesn't make you feel better, either. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I um, mean, it's interesting, but it's, you feel bad for them now, too. But <laughs> Have you ever thought that, like, if you vent your anger, you'll be less likely to explode later? Like, it's like yeah, letting that's pressure what out of a says. pot. Don't keep it within. Don't push it down. If you get it out, it won't build up, and then you won't have a blow-up, right? That, that's Everyone says that. I believed that until this year. Like, I used to vent my anger. Like, I would, I would, yeah, I, I used to let it out in, in what I thought were healthy ways. Um, turns out, most of the things I could find, I couldn't even find things to support venting anger anymore. Almost all the studies I could find were like, it trains you to be angry. <laughs> it it just, makes you angrier. Is that it, it? Yeah. Uh. It, it trains you to do that more often. Like, it, it lets your brain think you're being rewarded. Um, but that kind of that does actually explain why Dr. Crockett says that reading headlines that outrage you or looking for outrageous stuff on political channels to watch, consuming moral outrage is like potato chips. You've been listening to the Reengineered You. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You mean the world to us. We have a new episode every week. You can connect with us at www.re-engineeredu.com. That's where we have research links, show notes, feedback, and blog articles for every episode. We're not experts in anything, but we've got an opinion on everything. Everything.